Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. You want to just talk about whatever, Volume 2? Sure, let's talk about whatever, Volume 2, because we're going to have some great themed podcasts coming up with I know. Endgame and... You kind of got a flock of seagulls hair thing going on. I got to take a picture of this. I don't, I don't know what's <laughs> going on with my hair. It's uh, it's wonderful, uh, but uh, that aside, uh, maybe this will be the episode picture. Uh, no, no, no! Look a little bit more directly at me. This is going to be so weird on the pod. <laughs> We're not editing any of this. <laughs> now I'm blind. <laughs> I forgot I had the flash on. <laughs> uh, so we got Endgame coming up. We got Endgame coming discussion. up. We got Detective Pikachu discussion. And hopefully we'll eventually have a Devil May Cry 5 discussion coming. Yeah, I need to I need to just stay up late a couple nights and... And crank through, that out. Yeah, crank through Devil May Cry. But, um... Because I really... I really I loved every minute that I played of it. It's just a matter of my video your game time. Your wife doesn't like it. Your kids are not old enough for it. Yeah, and uh, but it's got some good story about family in there, though. I'm sure it does. <laughs> they always do. Dante and Virgil have like a thing, you know, like being brothers, and also always being on the opposite side of whatever's going on. Yep. But anyways, um, yeah, we did have a few weeks. Uh, gap there um i had medical issues but nothing severe just enough so today we're just going to talk about whatever in leading up to again yeah we're going to have avengers endgame and then we're going to have detective pikachu and devil so, may cry and maybe a final fantasy replay i've already started that replay that's going to take a while yeah i mean i was thinking about doing like a burn through at some point and just doing the story. Just seeing what's new, seeing the story. I, yeah. I, I tried that a little bit a while ago, a new game plus, but I wanted to go in just level one again. I wanted to go right from the start, replay it as, and it's a shame because I can tell it's going to take me forever again. But there's something about Final Fantasy XV I love being in that world, man. And it's... It, like When someone pointed out to me the biggest flaw of Final Fantasy XV is this is a setting... Where horrible monsters come out at night, and none of the habitats have, like, walls built to keep monsters out. It does kind of break the set. I mean, gra- granted, the, the, the monsters seem to stay away from light sources. So as long as you're in light, you're fine. Right. But at the same time, it's very, like, you better have backup gen... But anyways, like, it's just a minor detail that... The, the development team looked over because the draw of the setting is supposed to be take reality, take the real world you know, and interpret it with fantasy elements. Right. And one of the things I'm trying to do this playthrough is avoid hotels and motels when I can and focus on the camping element. Oh, because you didn't do a lot of camping last time? I didn't do a lot of camping because it's like, well, I'm going to collect a lot of experience and go to Golden Quay and get two times the experience. Right. Because it's just like, it's you, you get double. Like, I would have 10,000 experience and I would convert to, to 20,000. I'm trying to remember if there was some way to make it so camping didn't actually, didn't, like, bank your experience. You can wait until nightfall or wait until morning, but it's not really camping then. I forget. There was some way to... I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So that's... that's uh, Yeah, there, there definitely was something special about the world of that game. 
it was, yeah, this weird sort of mix of very normal-looking settings, and you're you know driving around. I, I really like the whole. They made travel fun, even when it was boring. Yeah. Driving around in the car and all of that. It's nice having the music pop up and you're listening. To, like, I'm just flipping through and it's like, oh, Battle on the Big Bridge comes on. And it's like, you gotta listen to that. And Yeah. It, it does stink that they're, like, taking their time and letting me... Then again, I'm, like, over twice the level already that, I am at, that I'm supposed to be at the start. So, of course, I'm not allowed to actually manually drive yet, even though they already had me try manually driving. Right. It's, it's like one of those weird things where they do kind of, like, we're going to throw you into the world, but then we're going to ease it up. We're going to ease it up, slow it down. Only Ignis drives, but... I still mostly had Ignis drive. I like to drive myself because it was a little more engaged. And at some point, once you unlock the, 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 the Chocobos... That becomes a very surprisingly good way to go get around. Because you can just cut yeah. across areas completely. Yeah, um, I remember doing that in the when your car's re- getting repaired. Yes. At one point, the chocobos are incredibly useful in that chapter. And after that, I use them a lot. I use them pretty regularly. Because you can just cut across territory. You can cut through this yeah. way, that way. But it also is obvious when they wound the roads in certain ways or something that they wanted you to go slow enough that it could stream the data in. And that's where I guess we can lead into PlayStation 5 information because they're talking about the solid state drive and how much faster it is. And it's like, when I'm thinking of doing hunts in Lestalem, was it called? Mm-hmm. And... Listalem is set in such a position where you have to go through a tunnel to get to, I'll say, the starting zone. It's a huge area, but you can't get back without going through a tunnel, through a big winding road, and then back. Because it's loading assets and everything into the game. And if Final Fantasy XV was shelved for a while... If what we played was instead Final Fantasy 16 and they released something else as 15 or something or just left the let the gap be. Okay. I mean, granted Square Enix never could have, but if they could have held this game for the PlayStation 5, some of its issues with getting around the world would have been less of an issue because they would have been able to build it with the Sony PlayStation solid state in mind. Granted, it probably wouldn't have then come out for Xbox now that I think about it. Because Xbox, if the next Xbox does not have a solid state drive inside, then you still got to take that platform into account. And, eh. but. Yeah, having a fast hard drive now, I don't have a solid state. I have a, but I have an upgraded hard drive in mine. And I always, in Destiny, for example, I always load in first in virtually any area and sometimes I load in before the network has caught up to me so I will start I'll be in a strike or something and I'll start running through and then enemies will suddenly spawn all around me or I won't have my I'll like won't have my waypoints yet so I'll, I'll be lost I'm trying to sprint into the into the so your system's got the data but it was loaded the level data but it doesn't have the server data. Right. It's just, yeah, exactly. Um, and then I'll be, I'll have been the only one, and then all of a sudden my two teammates will load in 
way behind me, and all the enemies will pop in on top of me. And it's like, oh crap. <laughs> so, so, so right now it's, it's more of a liability than anything else, but when it's actually being designed with solid state in mind, it will cease being a liability. Yeah. yeah. Now let's talk about this a bit. This this upcoming rumored PlayStation Five and everything, which allegedly, wired, allegedly. Uh, wired got hold of some documents and told Sony, "Hey, we're going to go ahead and leak this if uh, you don't talk to us." And that's why they were able to get this weird exclusive that feels really strange because there's not yeah. a lot they can talk about. Just a little bit of stuff. And it feeds still into my theory that they're waiting on Microsoft to see what Microsoft does. But they still had to give Wired something. They couldn't just say, yeah, it's going to be more powerful. This yeah. is our specs. Like, they're not talking about a lot of features. They're only talking about a few things. They confirmed it'll play PS4 games, which is why they demonstrated Marvel Spider-Man. But the big feature was the solid-state drive. And this is good news in a lot of ways because... Fewer loading times is just good news, period. But on the other hand, I'm feeling like this is also kind of bad news because the way they talk about this solid-state drive, and solid-state drives are still expensive. Um, they're starting to come down, but like a 2 terabyte solid-state drive is going to cost a lot more than a regular 2 terabyte hard drive. And the way they were talking about it is it sounds like Mark Cerny kept saying... This op like this solid state is made for PlayStation Five. Like we have optimized right. it for our platform, and when you start telling me stuff like that, I'm starting to think, well, that means not just any solid state drive will do. Which means, do I like now have to go? Yeah, do I now have to go buy a Sony PlayStation branded solid state drive that can have again already expensive equipment we're talking about, and now you can put whatever markup. It's like Getting the, what was it, like 160 or 200 gigabyte um, hard drive for the 360. Man, remember how, oh my oh, goodness. Because yeah. oh, it, it shipped with like 20 gigs or something like that. It didn't ship with a lot. Like it shipped yeah, with only like 20 or 60 gigs. And then you could get it like upgraded to 250 of the Microsoft drive. But it was like $100 to do so. When a normal 250 gig drive at that point was, you know. 20 bucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was, it was kind of ridiculous. I remember I remember how ridiculous it was. Yeah, it was a huge markup. So, yeah, we're probably going to run into that. And then with 4K games and 4K textures, 2 terabytes part isn't, of my issue. Yeah, two isn't terabytes going has to be, be as much as it, as it... This generation shipped with 500 gigs as the default, and that lasted me... Did it even last me a year? Like, I don't think that even lasted me a year. Um, before I started to have issues. Uh, yeah, because I have a... I mean, it, if you're... In, if you actually delete games, I, I, the 500 gigs lasted me a while, but then I added, I got the additional... I'm, yeah, now I'm deleting drive. games and stuff because stuff takes up space, but it is that... And it's it, also, well, at this point in the life cycle, too, you've kind of determined that, you know, okay, I, you know what, I'm not going to ever play... Uncharted 4 again, or something yeah. like that. So let's delete. Or it's it. like I'm just never going to play this game. Period. Like I bought it on a whim on sale, and I'm just not that interested. I'm yeah. sorry, game. I'm not that into. I'm sorry, Shadows of Mortar. I'm just not that into it. Oh, Shadows of Mortar. It was kind of. It was very Ubisoft. It had good ideas, but it was too Ubisoft, which seems to be 
WB's main... Well, actually, they're kind of spreading out. Like, the Warner Brothers Interactive, like, you're talking about, like, the latest Mortal Kombat 11 news and everything, and everyone talking about that. And it's like, you first think about uh, where they took the Batman games and some other stuff, and it's like, you guys really want to be Ubisoft, and now it's like they're also trying to be EA, and it's like, I understand you guys, like, Warner Brothers Interactive is going to be a... We should get into video games to make this, like, billion a year business like we should be able to make that money that's the sole reason Warner Brothers Interactive was formed but you could at least come in with some original business ideas rather than just stealing everyone else's yeah well at least I don't know I don't know I, I, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't really been paying too much attention I, I read a lot about the Mortal Kombat 11 stuff with filled the, with the grind and everything the grind and the microtransactions yeah that you can eliminate with microtransactions and you could spend Ten thousand dollars, unlock like the least that you amount of money you could spend to unlock anything would be like ten thousand dollars if you had perfect luck and Oof. whatever else. <laughs> you know something ridiculous like that. What? So so speaking of, I think you mentioned before. Uh, speaking of various models, uh, business models and games, you want to talk a little bit about Destiny. Yeah, uh, you're just <laughs> not into it. Not that into it. Just not that into that one either. Well, it, uh, hmm. see, because uh, I came back for this verdant forest springtime, hello my darling, hello my ragtime gal event, whatever they're calling it. The blossoming, I don't know. The, oh, what, the revelry. The revelry. I came back for it because they were having a new co-op activity. It's like, okay, this ought to be fun, this ought to be good. And I played a week, and it took me hours to do all the activities that get you the armor, and one night when we played, I got nothing but all of my high gear. I got equipment for those slots, and it was all one point less or one point equal. So it made that night effectively, like, three hours of gaming that was pointless. And... Then me and our pal Nolan started to play Resident Evil 5. And we've now since moved on to Resident Evil 6. And on paper, neither one of these games is as good as Destiny. Mechanics-wise, definitely not. These are definitely flawed games. And yet, me and him have been having a good time. And... It made me realize a lot of what I missed about things like playing Left 4 Dead and some of these other games, and I've discussed it before. Because again, like for me, like Left 4 Dead or Gears of War's board mode, stuff like that, they were kind of my idea, like they, I loved playing those co-op games. Last Generation was great if you wanted campaign, player versus environment co-op. And now, technically, I should be in heaven with games like The Division, games like Warframe, games like Destiny, where I could play any of these games co-op with you guys. I don't know why you put Warframe in that sentence. Whatever, okay. Just <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Anthem, which... Uh, um, and whatever else has come out, that's all this looter shooter stuff, but I think that's part of the issue, is like, with Left 4 Dead... And I, again, I feel like I've said this kind of thing before. 
you and your friends get on and you know exactly what you're doing. You're going right into the campaign. You've got these activities where, oh, someone got grabbed. You got to do this. Like you had some of these emergent gameplay elements the game was right. programmed to deal with that encouraged you and your friends to talk and interact. And if you won, then cool, fine. We had a good night. We got to play. If you all died, it didn't matter. Um, whatever, we'll try again another night. And especially if you decide to do the hard mode. Or if you look at achievements, like, oh, well, so-and-so needs this achievement, let's do that. And the Gears of War horde mode was the same. It's like, okay, we're going to try and hit level 50 this night. Oh, so-and-so needs this achievement, let's try and work towards that. And Firefight for Halo Reach, similar story. And it was simple, it was to the point, it was, here you go, do it. And we would play, we would have a good time. There was no distraction, and there was no... I don't know if I want to call it padding or not, but again, playing Destiny 2, going back to it, then just going over to Resident Evil. The thing with Destiny is if I was going to play with you and keep doing new content, I was going to need all the other weekly milestones to level up my guy. And even if there's a bunch of them you could do that are just quick, it's taking me out of... It's delaying the fun. It's padding out the experience. And and here's the thing. Because I know when you're... Because what I try and always keep in mind now after all of our conversations is... What other games don't necessarily provide for you that Destiny can give you... Is you're able to just log on to Destiny when your kids are trying to sleep. Or when you only have 30 minutes. Or when you have this. And it does allow those activities that... Okay, 30 minutes. Boom. There you go. I just got my Daily Crucible. Right. 30 minutes, oh, boom, I just got my other daily. Like, you can go in and you can do these things in quick 30-minute stunts and have a fun time. I'm not that time-compressed. So for me, it's sitting down and it's like, well, here I go again. This so, over again. So I think, as much as I say I'm not into the looter-shooter thing, so I think part of that is you're in a weird in-between place with Destiny, right? Because you actually have to play dozens or hundreds or whatever hours of Destiny. So when you go and play Resident Evil 5, Resident Evil 6, have you ever, you're doing a campaign you maybe finished once before. Yes, that's part and of content, it. So, so it's all very fresh and stuff you've never done co-op before, where you're comparing that to Destiny, where You've done most of the content before. Um, you finished the campaigns, and you're doing endgame content, not necessarily things that are particularly fresh. But you're not like where I am, where you're so into it that you know all of the meta aspects of the game that you're you're pushing, you're striving towards. So you're not thinking, okay, I really want a this weapon to drop. Or this to, you know, I need to get more enhancement cores so I can infuse this weapon because, you know, I need my loadout, I need whatever, the Crucible loadout right now is Dust Rock Blues, Trust, and Wardcliff Coil. It's like the thing, so you're not thinking like, okay, like, I need something like that to drop to upgrade my Dust Rock Blues so that, you know, whatever, so I have this but nice... see, the funny thing, because I, I understand where you make the connection with what I was saying with the achievements and stuff, Right. Right. The problem I see with that is I feel like that's a distraction and that's an illusion in part because a lot of those tasks require, okay, you have to go and you have to do this specific thing. 
what I would like Destiny to be, if you and me and Nolan play it, is just what horde mode or what yeah. difficult strikes do you feel like doing? Like, if you and me just got on and we were like, let's just do the Nightfall. And not with the sake for getting loot. Just, let's just do right. the Nightfall. But I would like to do that. At some point, you need to start getting the new equipment, which means you now got to go into the grind, which means you got to do this. Uh, Where we're at right now, I imagine you don't have to. Yeah. At one point, do you have to? And that's where, for me... So I'm just... I want to go back to let's play it on hard and all that matters is your base skill level. Can you guys get... Can we all as a group get good enough for this thing? And... and, and right, and so Destiny... Um, and I've, I've gone into this, this argument before on, you know, like Reddit and stuff like that where I got downloaded into Oblivion for basically... <laughs> I got downloaded into Oblivion for basically saying that outside of the raid... And even to some degree, including aspects of the raid, Destiny does not have a lot of content where skill is the only factor. It's always skill plus light meta. That, no, not light level, plus meta. meta. So, and light level. So when you're going into the raid, if you... Okay, so for example, the Riven, the boss of the, um, the, the raid from Forsaken, whatever it's called... The, the main strategy for beating him is you need a cluster bomb rocket launcher because his he has a huge crit spot. And so when you hit him with a cluster bomb in the right spot, it triggers each additional explosion triggers critical damage and things like that. So, so, so when for you're the going first to, guy that discovered that, that was great. That was right. great and that was skill. And then... Or it was chance that he happened to have one of those equipped. Right, we saw the you saw the yellows light up, and you knew. Okay, so this is, but so what it becomes about is finishing these these various tasks. Is, you know, doing well in the crucible is knowing how to use what shotgun to have that has the range, and which knowing the hand cannon or pulse rifle or whatever is top of the meta right now, and knowing what to have. And so I, I can admit that's that's a problem I see with Destiny. Where a lot of people have said, like, hey, what if Destiny had a crucible mode where everybody had the same guns? You know, like Halo style or something, where, you know, you got... Or whatever, I mean, that's just an example, but, like, it's... I, there's... If you're... When you want to play... And there's a certain bad spot in Destiny where you're not playing... You're not just playing the story and then putting it down until there's more story, which... They've kind of screwed up this year because there just hasn't been, if you really want to play for story, there hasn't been a lot of accessible story to play with meaningful things to do. Um, even the main way they're delivering the story this year is these invitations of the nine this season. And one, this week's was bugged. And so nobody could complete it because it had an uncompletable task in it. Oh, no. Um, and two... It's basically like, do these menial tasks in the world, and then you get to watch a story cutscene. And that, that I'm just... and that's kind of that's frustrating, as a as somebody who has spent a lot of time with Destiny and wants to be a defender. But then I gotta look at it and say, I've played this game for like hundreds of hours, so I shouldn't expect to have anything interesting to do in a game that I have spent this much time with. 
until the sequel or the next expansion pack or something. Possibly. Again, like, and so it's, I, I wish I could tell how many hours me and my friends played Left 4 Dead for. Because even after Left 4 Dead 2, we kept going back to the first one a lot because we didn't like a lot of the new uh, special zombies in the um, in Left 4 Dead 2. There's a lot of stuff. And we were like yeah. in the minority on that. but And actually, like uh, a buddy of mine, um, shout out to Core Ideas, uh, he, he just made a YouTube video uh, about Left 4 Dead and its development. And one of the things that they actually f- came away with was the game was less fun when everyone was a specific class. When each character was an aesthetic choice mm-hmm. and everyone was capable of the same thing, what the interactions instead came about was something that everyone could do. Which is, how do you, how do you save your buddy? And I can understand in some ways why the class also can help co-op in a sense. It does give everyone a role and a preference. But it also saves people from like playing someone something that they don't really want. At the right. most, it's aesthetic. It's like, oh, I don't want to play the old man, or oh, I don't want to play the chick. It's which uh, me and my friends we never ran into. Yeah, it's like we fell into our preferred characters, um, but otherwise, like it, it, it wasn't that big of a deal because right. everyone, everyone's playing the same thing. You choose your gun that you want, and then you go and in. See, and, and I think that's where Left 4 Dead never really did it for me, is I kind of played, I, I played it a little bit. Um, How much of a group did you play with? I have played it with, I had played it with four, a few times. On, were they close friends, were they regular friends, or were they puppies kind of a deal? No, like four people, like in a room kind of deal. Oh, so you did land it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I played it with, with friends. And I just, see for me... Class-based gameplay has always appealed strongly to me because I like I like having a role. I like being in Destiny. I love being the warlock with the Well of Radiance, where I know I'm gonna put this <laughs> down here, and everyone's gonna stand here, and they're gonna get healed, and they're gonna get a damage buff, and we're gonna shred whatever we're facing because we're all standing together as a team in this thing that I did for the team. And I can see an appeal to that. And that's kind of and where where it but just it, sort of gets. It changes the moments in some ways, though, because the 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 tie the the, the the emphasis there is on your skills and abilities and your actions. Well, one of the great things about Left 4 Dead and that I've found with Resident Evil is that it's much more focused on putting your friend in peril. And sometimes Resident Evil, especially, does this in stupid ways. But then there are other times where it can. Re- because I'm also thinking of a moment me and Nolan had, and we've had a couple, but there was one in particular that I can only remember one specific moment in Destiny, and that was in the original Destiny during a raid. That was just some moment that brought raucous laughter amongst everybody. <laughs> and for me and Nolan playing Resident Evil, and it really is a one of those crappy, you had to be there moments, which either means it wasn't actually funny, or there's no way to provide the the context, the impact, without actually, like, like verbally. And it's just simple. It, it was, I had to hold a wheel or whatever. I had to hold a crank while he was crossing a bridge. I think he's done crossing a bridge, so I let go, and next thing you know, we, I see your partner died. And he's screaming, what the heck? You know, because <laughs> he wasn't off the bridge. I thought he was. So we just started so laughing. So you're a bad teammate. Exactly. I don't listen. Right. 
so it's like we, we, we had this great moment of laughter and we still joke about it. And the only other thing I can remember, and again, it was Nolan is the funny thing, was when we did Extra Life the one year and we were doing the raid, the, uh, the, the, the King's Fall raid, I believe it was King's Fall. And it was when someone was warning about the pistons in the wall. And at just that moment, Nolan was sent flying. <laughs> I remember that. Moments like that, I love. And Destiny doesn't have a lot of those anymore. It, I, can, I can see that. Like, and that's... Destiny has a lot of moments of... Like, so, okay, When so, you increase the consequences and chances of your buddies screwing up... It, which goes counterintuitive. You'd think that you want to screw up less, but... Again, in some of these co-op games, it's like it builds those character moments. It's like when you're in real life and everyone has these attributes, you know. Like, and we've got it a little bit in Destiny because, again, I don't listen. That's the big joke with me. Right, you're right. Um, you're always going off ahead or something. Like I'm, that. I'm, I'm running ahead. Chris doesn't listen. I'm barking commands at everyone that nobody understands. Um, which is why I don't listen. Which is why he doesn't listen. So, like, something something I was thinking about in comparison. So. One of the new modes this season in Destiny is called the Reckoning, and it's a, it's sort of like a raid, it's like you're doing a, well the first, there's three tiers of it, each tier is more difficult and more complicated. Tier two and tier three are basically like playing a chunk of a raid. Um, like one encounter essentially. Oh, is this a thing that's supposed to work with the, uh, the new Gambit? Yeah, so like you, you do the Reckoning, to farm for better armor for Gambit Prime, and then you go into Gambit Prime with your armor, and then you just wreck everyone because you can do things like uh, send extra powerful blockers and mark invaders and do all kinds of other cool stuff. But I thought Gambit Prime was it was supposed to be cyclical, so Gambit Prime would give you stuff that was better. Only than in, the, in the you have to play Gambit Prime first to do the reckoning, and then once mm. you do that, you just go into the reckoning, and then you're supposed to come back and do. Anyway. Which is the funny thing, because the Reckoning sounds like what me and Nolan would have been down for, but Nolan especially hates Gambit, Gambit because it's bullet sponges. Well, see, that's the... Then again, this, this speaks to the, the place in the game. Okay, so for example, tonight, have you ever used Orpheus Rig to get multiple instant supers on a boss? As I don't have play, Orpheus Rig. You don't have it? I'm pretty sure I do not. I bet you do. Is a year one exotic. Everyone who played has every year one exotic. Pretty much. I'm pretty bad at this stuff, dude. I'm pretty sure I still got year one exotic quests that I haven't completed. Well, it's, a, it's a world drop. The world drops were so heavy in year one. Anyway, but you've never done that, right? No. As somebody who played Night Stalker almost exclusively. <laughs> yes. So you did. So. So that. Technically, I'm playing it wrong. Right. So it's just sort of like you're playing. And so, like, Nolan. For example, he plays a, uh, he likes to play the Sunbreaker Titan, but he probably doesn't know about Melting Point, which is when you do your charge at, your charge attack with the Titan, you um, decrease the, any, the target's damage after you hit it. So we talk about these bullet sponge bosses, but you as a Night Stalker Hunter and he as a Sunbreaker Titan actually have all the tools to turn those bosses into dust almost oh, instantly. We're not even talking about the bosses, though. He's even talking about the regular enemies. Well, even the regular enemies. The, you you guys have the ability to turn those regular enemies into dust almost instantly. 
if you spent a little more time understanding roles and meta in the game, which is just, I'm not saying you have to do that, I'm saying that you're in a place for the game that is not served well by the game. And instead we've gone immediately to games from last generation that are more immediately satisfying even in some of their flaws. How did you make a mess of your hand? I don't know. I've got something sticky on my hand. It's really annoying me. I must have touched something. I thought I just touched my hair, but I got sticky stuff on my hand. It's weird. It's like black. This um, is not a something about Mary situation. Yeah, this it's is like, not. It's like I know you cannot see it, but this is not. It's like grease from the like the, the chair, chair I'm sitting on or something. I don't know. Um, stuff happens. Yeah. But. So so speaking of the reckoning, so I ran it with a bunch of. I was a titan. And I ran it with a bunch of puppies, blueberries, whatever you want to call them. And the first time I did it, we did great. We should call them Oompa Loompas. Oompa Loompas. Because we had the aforementioned Night Stalker Hunter, and we had somebody else who was a warlock with Well of Radiance. Uh, Attunement of Grace is what it's called. Um, <laughs> so anyway, and we were able to easily get through each phase and and defeat it and do it multiple times. I come back, I don't get matched with people who fill those particular roles, and it's literally impossible. And now, so I can part see... part of the issue that I'm having with this, though. What you're telling me is, if I'm playing a Night Stalker, then I have to have Orpheus Rig equipped. Well, if the... If the Warlock has the, um, I forget what it's called, has the right chest piece, then if you stand in the Warlock's Well of Radiance, your super gets charged up as you kill enemies. So even if you don't have Orpheus Rig, you can still be super, and every, and also, and because of that, everyone's generating orbs constantly. What so the we, game is then doing is it is encouraging you into a very specific play style. Rather than just getting in and having fun. What's the point of all these character classes with these customization options? Granted, I'm just being a jerk right, right now. Oh, okay, so... I'm just being a jerk right now. So, I, I know, I think this is a flaw in Destiny right now, and it's also... It's it's both. So, for example, Night Stalkers... Um, well, not Night Stalkers. The two of the three Night Stalker branches suck in the Crucible. One of them totally shreds in the Crucible. Um, you know, the... The Golden Gun is good in the Crucible, Blade Barrage shreds in the Crucible. And whereas Blade Barrage is useless in PvE activities, in, yeah. in, in co-op, you know, cooperative activities. And so everything, you have all these options, and but everything basically has a purpose and a place. We're sure you can, and I did this, this is a difference between me and Destiny 1 and Destiny 2, where Destiny 1, I sort of like role played a little bit more and had, well, this is my character, this is what he does. He's a Sentinel Titan. He wears Helm of Saint 14. He makes a bubble and blinds enemies. And I found really cool ways to use that in unexpected ways. Like I would sprint forward and then drop a bubble on top of a whole bunch of enemies. And because I had the helm, it would blind them all. And so I would like. I would use it offensive. I would use a defensive tool offensively. I think you're talking way too much. Oh, way baseball. too sorry. Way too like, sorry. like at this point because it's it's, shop I'm looking at the time and I'm like, I hope our listeners haven't like hit stop. On the <laughs> anyway, podcast. anyway, 
Right, so whereas in Destiny 2, I've basically just learned how to play the game right, in air quotes. And I think you're still where I am with Destiny 1, where you just want to, like, show up and do the things you like doing and play the class you like playing and choose the guns you like gooing. You use the guns you, <laughs> you like, like using. Use, not goo the guns you like gooing. Uh, Sticky hands. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> speaking of goo. And, and so I can understand, I can both defend Destiny and understand why you don't want to play Destiny anymore because you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate the fact that you don't want to play anything else, but That's at the same time... I, I, well, can't he, play, he, I would play Resident Evil 5 with you, but I can't. Well, partially because it is just two people. And also, do you even have it? I have it on PS3. So yeah, that's gonna be part of the problem. But how much he is was, it? I would was, I would buy it on PS4 if it were like I forget what Nolan was even saying. He was like, uh, I think he was talking about Lost Planet. He's like, you got your 360 hooked up. I can hook mine up. We'll play Lost Planet co-op. And it's like, I don't think that's gonna work. I would love to play Lost Planet 2 co-op, but that because I, I remember wanting to. How many? Came out, how many people can that? Support? That's four players. Is it? I have a 360 downstairs. Can you hook it up? I, it is hooked up downstairs. I think in I got it. I, I think I got it someplace up, else. I think I got to hook up my 360 to the wireless. My Xbox Live Gold is probably no longer. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I. I don't. I don't think, I don't think Epi- uh, Xbox takes PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the a thing problem. that that is like we're we're thinking because that's one of my issues. I'm also trying to think. Okay. And we, I've always kind of been looking for the, okay, what can we switch from Destiny? But now I have a better idea as to what. Did you find the goo? I found the goo. Yeah, it's on the back of the chair. I don't know what it is. It's black and sticky. and The kids did it. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. But the, um, like, I'm thinking about what's coming. Because, like, Remnant from the Ashes was a game I was a little mm. excited for. Because it's like, okay, this is a co-op shooter by Gunfire Games and another team. Like, it's a co- cooperative effort for a cooperative shooter. But it's also loot-based, evidently. They do have loot in there. It's like a campaign, but it's also got loot, and it's like, come on, I'm sick of that. And one of the things about Left 4 Dead was that most of the enemies did not take a lot of bullets. It was built instead around moments of just hordes of enemies in panic and knowing when to drop in the special zombies. The special ones were always a threat. None of them really took too long to kill except for the tank anyway. But that's kind of, and the witch. But that's the thing, like, your response to these different specials were, was enough that even when you played the game multiple times, they could still wreck your situation. You could still make stupid mistakes and everything. Mm-hmm. And to that end, it's like, when I see some of these other games, because there's one, there was another Left 4 Dead like that just came out where it's robots and part of the issue with robots is you look at a robot and it's like why am i using a machine gun this ain't gonna do nothing to a big hulking steel thing and they look like bullet sponges and like a lot of these games the enemies look like bullet sponges and it's like that's not the that that's not fun for me there's supposed to be a game that recently came out that you can build and assemble and modify your own guns that's an alien invasion. I don't know if it's any good. Some of these games, it's like, they're smaller developers, they're probably not the same experience. Vermintide was decent, but we've not been able to really get back to that, and maybe we should. 
Yeah, I would want to try that again. There, there's like all these different games, and then there's like Deathwing. Would that be closer the uh, the, the the Warhammer Forty? Oh yeah, I w- I've always wanted to try that. I like the aesthetic of it, but I've heard it's maybe lacking a little bit. It's slow, all this other stuff, and that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of hoping that we can get together and play Castle Crashers, because Castle Crashers, when that came out in college, was big in my apartment. I bought it, and it was really weird. When me and some friends were playing it at the start, like like before a party started that my friend was holding. So we're, we're playing Castle Crashers and people would come in and they'd be like, what is this game? And they liked the animation, they loved the look of it. And next thing you know, people were swapping the controller and it's a party game. Even though it's this linear co-op arcade brawler. And it, it was a surprise, but it, it, it's that good of a game kind of a deal with its own levels and progression. So it's still got some of that destiny goodness i guess you could say but without the manipulative okay now you got to do these five hours of quests in order to hopefully boost your light level up five to ten points like it's got i mean that's a little bit reductive of destiny but i'll accept it i mean that's my that was my experience but basically where we're at is we've got two types of games right now um you've got your Maybe the looter three. shooter is what the AAA is really looking into. But, but so you've got your, from a multiplayer perspective, so you have something like, a, even Left 4 Dead, I would say, would fall into this category, which is not what's what's cool. But something like, say, Apex Legends, um, from a multiplayer perspective, specifically, where you, regardless of the game type, you are talking about a level playing field. Um, everyone has the same weapons available. Um, you know, it's a matter of what you picked up. So Left 4 Dead, as I recall, was a lot like that. That you you would find, oh, like I found the shotgun. But somebody else got it first. That you jerk then, why you take yeah. the shotgun. Well, there's also um, a bunch of weapons you could start with. Like, I know I always right. went for the, the assault rifle, but I know there was other stuff there. Yeah. Um, but, but basically where you're... You have a you have a mostly level playing field in terms of and it's mostly everything is the roles and everything else are emergent that you're not necessarily Apex is not entirely that's not entirely correct but Fortnite would be closer to that being correct the roles are emergent where you got this you got the you picked up the sniper rifle so you're the sniper you know you picked up the shotgun so you're the close range bruiser um, not like you picked this class, and therefore you are this thing. Um, and then you've got your destinies of the world, or division, or whatever else, where it's all about your planning and what you prepared for before the encounter that's going to make the encounter, or determine what happens in the encounter. Um, it's less, it's more strategic, less emergent. There's maybe, there's, a, there's some fun lost in that. I will agree with you on that. There is some fun lost in, you know, Gears of War, you horde mode, you loaded in, and you had your loadout, and you did it, and you picked up, maybe you picked up some guns along the way. Yeah, you, you just stuck to ammo, what you were good at, basically. And, right, and you, and that was it. There wasn't, like, okay, well, you can drop a shield, and you can, and that's just probably where Apex Legends was a little off on comparison. But you can, you know, it's not like you can drop a shield and you can heal and you can do this and you can do that. 
It was just like, get a gun and shoot stuff until you die. Um, and there is something, there's something lost in needing to have, you know, sessions uh, entirely of preparation that, okay, we're grinding today to yeah. get this so that we can then do this better. And that's a big flaw in what Destiny 2 is doing right now, where the, the entire, there's an entire game mode that the purpose of the mode is to get weapons and gear, or armor particularly, for another mode to give you an advantage. And then if you're a player who has not done that second mode, you the reckoning, you drop into Gambit Prime, and other players have all this gear they've earned through doing the reckoning, and they shred your face in Gambit Prime because you invade, and now all of a sudden the sentry marked you. So now you've got a mark on you for everybody on their team, and now you're screwed because everyone can see you, and the whole point of the invader is that you can sneak around. You can't because you're dead. Because <laughs> um, you're dead. Yeah. Uh, and all this other stuff, so... It's, I, I, and, and, and that's the, the tension. Thing, that's the tension of the games right now. And well, the funny the thing—the funny thing there too—is because a lot of people playing these games daily, playing this game, like this is their regular game, and that's where I think part of our issue is too. We only have when we can get together in co-op. Like count on that. Count on having time set aside for that. It's best for us to do it once a week, which means. If we're going to play this game, then we... And, and that's part of where, again, for me, because we both have different limited amounts of game time. And if I'm going to be like, okay, we're going to do strikes or nightfall strikes or something like that, or we're going to do the uh, the, the, the co-op kind of hordish stuff, we're going to do that on Thursday night, or we're going to do that on Tuesday night. Then I feel like the rest of the nights that, that I'm going that I ought to do preparation the other nights, and maybe part right. part of that is again me because right now we don't need I don't need to level my guy beyond 640 for most of our activities. No, you don't. I'll be I will be noticeably weaker, but if we're just doing strikes and stuff, it's and it, I will yeah. feel like if we do something like Nightfall, I will feel that I'm the one dragging down the group. And it's not because of skill, it's because of 30 light levels lower. Because you don't know the meta and you're not using your Orpheus or rigs to... So it's two two different issues. But that that's also... Like, at, at the same time, again, like I think about how even when you've got something down pat, like, again, I, I remember playing Gears of War 2 specifically as Horde Mode. And we had certain maps where we were like, okay, we know we're going to defend this corner of the map. Where when the when the the, the berserkers or whatever come out, not berserkers, I can't remember what they were, but they had shields. And it's like, going to kill them. You grab the shield, you set up defense so nothing can get in. And we had so for the higher level difficulties, we have it set up. Things aren't getting in easily, and we had our system. But as it got harder and harder. It required that on-the-fly decision-making still. So mm. it was still a matter of skill. Um, and that's what made it fun, in a sense, was knowing the lower level enough that it's like, okay, we can do this. Because the challenge was getting to... to was beating all 50 waves or something. It was yeah. getting through all of it. And you didn't get it some nights, other nights you did. And Firefight was the same way with Halo... 
Um, like each of these games had their different elements that made them fun to come back to. And I think that's another thing too, is it also became, what do we feel like playing this night? There was no need to stick to one game. And it feels now that they're all basically the, the, the big publishers have tried for so long to add multiplayer in and stuff because they don't want you to trade the game in. They want you to keep it, they want you to play it constantly. And now microtransactions right. are in the picture. And game design is caught up, so you have to play just one game, and if you don't, I, you're punished. I don't, see, I somewhat having played a little bit of the division, I somewhat disagree with that because I think I think there still is room, and I'll probably pick up Anthem when it drops under twenty dollars. Um there still is room to say, play through the division campaign, or something like that, and then just maybe play, uh, keep up with the expansion. Sort of like what we what we kind of did with we started doing with Destiny 2, right? Where you before I think the raid was really what got to you initially, was the raid being not as much. The raid was stupid, but I was still willing to try Forsaken's raid. But at that point, our group had just completely fallen apart. Yeah. We but, could, we, we can't get six people and, together. Anyway, like, so I think there is still a point, like, and this is, I guess, where I'm talking about where there's different, there's different, right, you're, you're, I mean, you're right, that game, what the, what the publisher wants you to be is me, in with <laughs> Destiny 2, where I'm always playing it, it has, it, I'm, I'm, at this point, though, I kind of have reached a breaking point where I'm like, especially with this issue with the only story content being broken this week, where I'm just like, you know what? I'll watch it on YouTube uh, and take a break <laughs> from Destiny. Um, and and you've been playing Persona 4. And I've been playing Persona 4 a lot on my Vita, um, which is great. Play Persona 4. And here's my tip. Here's my tip. Some people are going to disagree with me here. Play it on easy. If because you've never you, played a Shin Megami Tensei of any variant, no, before. no, no. I, I was saying, even even if you are, even if you're fairly good at this sort of thing, play it on easy, so that you can spend less time in the dungeons and more time with the the story elements of the game and the building social. the different the social aspect, building the different relationship. Because my impression is, if I had played it on the just, I played it on easy, I'm playing it on easy. My impression is that if I played it on the standard difficulty, they give you like 15, 20 days to complete the investigations and complete the dungeons. And any additional time, once you you basically have to, to build your social links, otherwise, which are basically like mini stories. So you have a mini story about one of your, if you choose to play on the soccer team, <laughs> about one of your teammates who is really bad at relationships because he got dumped in eighth grade by his eighth grade girlfriend and or whatever the Japanese equivalent of eighth grade is. Um, yeah, it's a little different. It's a little different. but and, and now he has no confidence. And so you and his friend who plays on the basketball team help him build up his confidence again. And Or there's the girl who is plays trombone and she doesn't think she's very good and she's obviously not very good 
Um, <laughs> but because the other trombone player is sick, she has to play the solo at the big concert. And so I guess the, I guess the question is, would you rather um, be micromanaging your different attack combinations and grinding out different, leveling up different personas and other things, or would you rather be doing all of this weird Japanese high school drama? Um, and the funny every, thing is, I can think of people in both camps that would right. be like. So okay, so that, there's there's my <laughs> there's my. If you think, man, it'd be really fun to to get through as much of the Japanese high school drama as possible. Play it on easy because you're gonna find you're gonna find a lot more opportunities to do that. If you want to get deep into the Persona Fusion system and all of that. Play it on a harder difficulty level, so that you gotta really work hard to to have the optimal teams for battle and other things. So. And this is funny because I was just joking with you that Caligula Effect Overdose is supposedly the anti Persona. Like it's trying to be sort of counter to what Persona is in a lot of ways. And to that end, I'm playing the game on hard because. A friend of mine was telling me, like, yeah, all the reviews leading up where people played it on normal said it was boring, but then if someone played it on hard, they liked the combat. So I'm thinking you should play it on hard, and I would actually agree with that. The combat, I can see how it would be monotonous if it was easier. And I sometimes forget I'm playing on hard because it kind of feels mm. just right. And sometimes it does feel monotonous, even for regular combat, but... Like, some of the bosses have been getting really tough. And that's a game where I think... I don't remember if I discussed it here uh, before. But it's effectively sort of every character gets three actions. And those actions fit on a sort of timeline. So you look at the timeline of combat. And it's a predictive timeline that cannot take the possibility of missing an attack into an account. So you kind of want to have backups. And stuff. Like, you plan everything out first. And then hope all goes well. Um, and there's a lot of interesting stuff that goes into it. But that's a game where it's also better because... Like, you're talking about these social elements. And Caligula Effect has that. But either be it because of poor design and low budget. Or to make a statement about the superficiality of connections in high school. Most of them are very superficial and stale and not very entertaining to go through. And yet you get rewards for completing certain tasks within them. But it's a pain because this is a huge social chart. Like there are so yeah, many people. I mean, there's lots on Persona. And what's cool about, well, so in Persona, you still, even if you, you make yourself... It's a little bit of a snowballing effect, I think, on easy. Because... If you, the social links, basically each social link represents an archetype, which is related to the types of personas okay. that you can, that you can create. Um, so when you do, so when you create the personas, depending on your social link ranks, so for example, one of the types is the lovers, um, okay. And so, if you build up your social link rank with one of the characters, it that's the the, the lover's uh, social link. And so, then when you create a persona of the type the lovers, you get a bonus in creating that persona. 
or so your your athletes is setting is the strength type with your athlete friends. So as you're helping your athlete friends through this, their personal problems, you're building that social link for strength type personas. And now you have a ability to create stronger strength type personas because you made better a better social link with your athletes friends. Ah, uh, now. This fall, I believe, they've announced Persona 5 The Royal, which has, totally like, an, an extra... <laughs> now that... I got you Persona 4 Golden, it's taken you a while. It's taken me a while. I really, like... I think I just... I Whatever hump it was when I got back into it, it just... Everything clicked. So, and now I'm like... I saw Persona 5 The Royal, I'm like, yes! Like, this now, is perfect, because I didn't play the original Persona 5, and now I can pick it up and get the enhanced edition or whatever yeah the extra chapter and stuff i might pick it up it depends because everyone was hoping it's like okay they have persona 5 r and they have persona 5 s hopefully persona 5 s is whatever the switch version is no persona 5 s is some dynasty warriors like spin-off of persona 5 that nobody wanted <laughs> and is is on the switch and the ps4 and it's like i wanted a port and everyone's hoping because Joker's in Smash Brothers Ultimate that, and they 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 tease some of the the Persona Three and Four colors that we're going to get ports of all of them, three, four, five. Nobody cares about Persona One and Two anymore, <laughs> even though the first one is on PlayStation Classic, which keeps price bombing. I might have to get a PlayStation Classic if it keeps getting cheaper, because that is not selling. They're giving PlayStation Classic away for free. And I forget which store if you buy a PS4 Pro. I think it's Best Buy, maybe. It, it sounds like I saw like the, I saw the deal, be. and I was like, yeah, this is a good it's deal. It's like, I, I might have to just... Because I remember PlayStation Classic, $100. Oh, that's pretty steep. And most of the ports are PAL versions, so they don't even run at the right frame rate. And, and they have like none of the license, none of the third-party games that... That would people actually want. Yeah. yeah. But... Uh, uh, it's supposed gonna, to be easy um, to modify. I think I think you can play them on the PSP, but I can't hook up the PSP to my capture software. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, wait. What about the Vita TV? I don't think you can get that anymore. I mean, you you can. I'm sure you can get it somewhere. You know, I was actually kind of bummed about that. I had it on my like wish list on Amazon. And it got I down to like 40 bucks or something like that before I think it... my nephew's got one. Hmm. I'm going to actually have to see how it works. But regardless, anyways, uh, we do need to be getting close to wrapping up, which is a shame because I realized there was something else I wanted to talk about, but it doesn't matter because I forgot it anyway. So, uh, yeah. So um, what did we talk about today? We talked about... We talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about uh, the PlayStation 5. I forget what about it. Oh, Final Fantasy 15, the PlayStation 5. Five. Oh, because speaking of hard mode, Nier Automata is really tough on hard mode if you just start a brand new game. It's... Because it doesn't have any kind of save with checkpoints. And every, the way everyone I've heard has said is Nier Automata's hard mode the biggest hurdle is getting through that opening section. And boy, howdy, can I see how. Because, like, two hits kills you. And mm. some of the, the, the big Whirly Blade boss, one hit kills you. 
So you gotta go through the entire opening tutorial uh, section, only taking one or two hits from uh, an enemy at a time, being quick to heal, and that's actually a... Firstly, when you haven't played the game in like two years, that's a bit <laughs> of a tall order, because you don't remember how these attack patterns work. And secondly, it's just a tall order in general, man. Because uh, like the one that the, 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 when I finally got him to the Goliath part, he punched me, knocked me down, and before I could die, like, 2B was still getting up, and then the second punch. And it was like, oh, I gotta do it all again, and I don't feel like it. But, no, near Automata, I just, oh, oh, I gotta replay that as well. Like, I'm on, I'm, I, I want to replay a bunch of games. I'm replaying yeah, Final I, Fantasy XV now. I want to replay near Automata, and surprisingly, I want to replay God of War. God of War is good enough that I want to replay it and give it another shot. Even though I did admit to liking it in our spoiler cast, so. Yeah. I can um, imagine, I need to finish the Spider-Man DLC. I don't feel like any... I, I, that's the funny thing. I might, I think Remember I, how much warmer I was on Spider-Man than God of War at first? And now it's like, I, I don't want to... I don't care about that DLC. I want to play God of War again. <laughs> it's like such a reversal. Like God of oh. War was so good. It was good. So good, I don't know. But And then again, I am the forever contrarian because here I am like, you know what? I also want to replay Darksiders 3 already. And it's... <laughs> But it's it's weird. Like I have all, uh, I've, I'm reaching a point where I no longer care as much about the latest and greatest. And yeah. like I feel like in prior years I would have bought Rage Two, but I have decided I am not getting Rage Two this year. Uh, maybe I'll wait till later. But like the combat looks fun. I don't want to do another open world. Yeah, if it were, if it as were I say, as I'm playing Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah, the Final Fantasy Fifteen isn't really an open world. It's a final. It's an open world as much as every Final Fantasy game is an open world. <laughs> uh, but what was I gonna say? I would be more into Rage Two if it were more like uh, Bulletstorm, which is another yeah. game I kind of want to replay because I, I have the. That was a PlayStation Plus, was it? It was. I do I have, have the PlayStation Club, the Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition, or whatever, and I, I do want to replay that at some point. Just if only that had co-op. Only. That's, that's, see, that's a, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there. That's another problem right now is we just have a lack of, especially because we we went for PS4. There's a lack of co-op games out there, and that is the, like, I think I, I, the, we that, have the, the X. I was so glad last generation, and now like this, like that's part of the problem. Like, why did I give up Final Fantasy XIV? One of the reasons being that my friends were so disparate, and it's like, look, I'm on my PlayStation. I just want to invite someone to a party. And no, you have to be on the same server, and you have to... that crap, there's... Everyone's on Discord, because some of them are PC, and it's like... Look, man, I just... Look, and that's that, that's why, why... I think that's why you and Nolan are the core group. Because both of you, I could just send a message. Yo, you want to play something? Yeah, let's play. <laughs> play. You just invite to a party kind of a deal. Even though... that, that Now it's tough, because if I, if, if I join you in Destiny, or if I... If you join Send me before message, 9 o'clock... Be, I might be joining your son, or I might be sending a message to your son. So it's it's a little wonky. I know he doesn't he doesn't read the messages or notifications, but if you join him, 
He'll know it's me. Yeah, he'll know it's me. I'll figure it out, too. I'll figure it out eventually. But even then, it's like, does he at least tell you? It's like, by the way, Mr. Chris sent a message or something? Well, no, he doesn't. What's funny, I had to tell him that you joined, and he was really confused. The one time you joined him and finished the mission, he was like, yeah, somebody was else, was, it was weird. Somebody else dropped in and helped me finish it. And I don't know who it was. Like, it was Chris. It's like, oh. <laughs> He's seven, okay? Like, <laughs> And I know, yeah, this would be the first time it would happen, yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, because that, well, I guess he, I guess asking him to read my last name is a tall order, especially because I'm not, he doesn't call me Mr. Cesarano, so. Yeah. Okay, anyways, now that everyone knows my screen name. Uh, um, yeah, that's, that's, Mr. that's. Mr. Cesarano is his screen that's name. That's the podcast. I think we need to just do these more, talk about whatever volumes more often. Because it was a fun conversation. It was it a was. fun night. I hope nobody fell asleep during the Destiny talk. It was a lot more yeah, than sorry, I Yeah, I'm like, I get way too, like, into the the weeds with Destiny talk these days. But it, it is what it is. And we, ha again, I have on RamblePack64.com, I have a comment section. So there will be a comment section on this podcast episode page. I have no idea if anyone's commented at all yet. I'm expecting... Like an email if someone comments. Yeah. We should know. probably test that out. Yeah, um, I, I said I would comment on something and I never did. But one of us might test it out. We'll see. But go ahead and comment. I would not mind having things to read on this show. But you can expect... How soon do you think we should get the Endgame episode out? Do we want to do it next week? It's up to you. How soon do, do we want to do it Saturday night? <laughs> Nah, I can't do it Saturday night. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll get it out next week. Um, Endgame will be next week because in the following week... So you're going to have three weeks of podcasts, man! Three weeks in a row! Three weeks! Um, so... Of this! Avengers Endgame, and if you're marveled out, then you can... Detective Pikachu, or we're crossing the streams, and we didn't even mention how bad the Sonic trailer looks. I'm kind of... I'm holding out hope. I don't know why. Did you even show it to your kids? I did. Did they any were... of them get hyped? Yes. Eli, who was five, was hyped for it. Um, so the middle child got hyped. Okay. Yeah, he I, got... I, I try to avoid using your kids' names, but... No, it's fine. Um, the oldest was a little bit more... He was a little... He was... He th thought it exceeded his expectations based on what he had seen so far <laughs> of the new Sonic. So it looks better than he expected. It looked better than he expected. We'll, we'll, we'll end up seeing it. No, will this be your kid's introduction to Jim Carrey? Yes. That's kind of weird. Because to me, that's just yet another element of them being like, this This feels like, a, it feels like this entire movie idea came out of 1995. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's get Jim Carrey. Like He's got Jim Carrey. It has gangsta's paradise. What? I want someone to, I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Like, no like matter it. no matter how Sonic looks or, or how cause I, I just even as a movie I don't think it looks very funny um yeah even like that whole but, thing like they, they did a whole extended thing with Jim Carrey he's doing Jim Carrey he's doing Jim Carrey and, yeah and like 75% of that was not was cringy and where like he does like a robot thing yeah, yeah. completely random and honestly I was expecting them to give him, him to try a fake accent that he didn't kind of surprises me. But the um, re regardless of any of that... He thinks you're basic. 
But I'm still waiting for someone to edit that trailer with Crush 40 music. And that's what gets me laughing the most. Like, when I start, when I realized they were doing Gangsta's Paradise, I had to stop the trailer. It was like those military guys in the room, and I just had to stop the trailer and laugh. Because it's like, this is a, this is, this is a franchise known for its soundtrack. To the point MAGFest invited the, the, basically Crush 40 minus the singer... To sing, to, to do the Sonic music. Yeah. Like, this is a franchise known for its good music, and it's all a sort of, like, aughts rock, but a bit more offspring. Well, it's sort of like... It's... Crush, it's, 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 it's aughts rock through a Japanese lens. Japanese lens, but again, like, it's... Because, like, what's the guy's name? Johnny... Johnny what? Yeah, whatever. Well, the vocalist Johnny, like... He's got a closer to a punk sound, like. Well, no, I mean, not, like, he's not a punk sound. He's like, a, he was in like a, like a. I think he was in like a almost a hairish metal band, like okay. a late stage. He was in like okay. a late stage hair metal band. See, again, you're you're right, you're right. Because even if I'm comparing comparing to like Offspring, that guy doesn't he doesn't throw any grunge into his voice like Johnny does. Because Johnny's got a little bit of that, but not a yeah. lot. But he's more like he's more Rob Halford. Then, like, I don't know. I don't know the offspring guy. That, but, okay, yeah. when it comes to aughts rock, it's like we're looking at Smash Mouth. We're looking at Blink-182. And it's like, no, Crush 40 is definitely more offspring. So, and no, I, th I think we need to, I think we need to work on earlier your than aughts rock maybe. education here. Maybe, maybe. These more, it's like where it gets, I mean, I guess it depends on what, what soundtrack you're looking at. All right, next week we talk about Sonic the Hedgehog soundtracks. No, no, and no. Avengers Endgame. To... <laughs> Avengers Endgame. No, Sonic the Hedgehog. No, no Endgame. Sonic the Hedgehog. We're talking about Endgame. I don't want to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. Soundtracks. I've talked about Sonic the Hedgehog enough. Live alone. <laughs> Hanging on the air. That's that. that all right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. RamplePack64.com. <laughs> <laughs>